Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going well. We're separated at the current moment, doing a little remote uh, Dynasty Nerds uh, podcast. But hey, we'll get through it, right? It's Absolutely. been a little while since we've been remote. We've we've been together a lot lately, so uh, hopefully the the folks will be able to suffer through it. Smells better here, that's for sure. I believe that. <laughs> so we're back talking some Dynasty fantasy football as the Senior Bowl is upon us. Uh, it's going down there. You sure you get a ton of coverage everywhere. You see there our own Dan Toomey's down there as well, covering the senior bowl. So we'll talk a little about that next week, uh, before the show, or maybe even a week after that, we'll see because we're currently in our AFC buys and sells next week. We'll do the NFC buys and sells on this show, the free show. We're going to do AFC buys. Uh, and then a nerd herd show. Not only will we be giving away two spots into the coveted nerd herd 4.0 Superflex Tight End Premium Dynasty League, we'll be talking about some AFC sells as well. So, before we get into our favorite buys, I got to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is right now going on pre Super Bowl. But you, you know, if you just look at football, Prize Picks have so much more to offer from NFL, college, NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. They're the number one legal way for player props. Two to five players over unders, their projections. You can win up to ten times your entry. You go to six, you win twenty five your times your entry. It's just you versus those projected numbers. It's that simple. And what Prize Picks does. Is gives you opportunity to use your knowledge and get in there with multiple sports and say, hey, this player will or will not do this when it comes to a statistical standpoint. And if you use a promo code nerds, they're going to match your deposit up to 100%. But here's the big thing that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we gave two people $200. Last week, we gave three people $300. And this week, we're giving one person $500. That's right. On our Twitter, you're going to see today when you're listening to this podcast, if not, go back and look at our Dice Nerds uh, tweets. All you got to do is go on there and show one prop uh, that you put on there, one one bet that you put on there, and we're going to pick one winner and we're going to give them $500. We've already given away $1,400. And for the Super Bowl next week, we're going to be giving away a much larger Grand prize. So all you got to do is get on prize pick, use that promo code nerds. I mean, all it has to do is you're just going to put you know, some $20 action on there and you have a chance to win $500 screenshot that put it on the Twitter. Just like we have the last couple of weeks, we'll pick one person to get $500. The only catch is you've had to use the code promo code nerds to sign up with prize picks. If you do that, you are eligible to win the $500 prize. We will pick a winner. Uh, before next week's podcast, and then tune in because if you if you don't win this week, still get in there and sign up with Prize Picks for that promo code because we're we'll be giving away a four figure prize next week. That's right, four figures. That's a lot of action. I can't win. I'm not eligible, but you are. So get <laughs> on there, nerds. Promo code nerds. Prize Picks. It's so much fun. I use it all the time. All right, you guys ready to get into this show? Oh, Let's do it. Yes. All right. So as we get in here. We're talking about some buys. We're talking about some sells, which is dynasty fans football. And we'll do this a couple more times uh, throughout the year. Uh, you know, before the NFL season, we always talk about some good buys. Everything changes. You know, when the NFL uh, agency comes around, we'll do a big show on that. That changes some things, but you know, that's what we're constantly searching here. That's dynasty fantasy football in a nutshell. And that's what we focus on here at dynasty nerds. Definitely. If you're new to listen to us, you know, we're getting really close to breaking down the rookies, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to give you a very in-depth analysis on every single rookie where we study these rookies film in the Dyson Nerds film room where you can get hundreds and hundreds of hours of all 22 tape on these rookies. And, you know, to me, for Dynasty fans, well, it's, it's a three easy process to expand your dominance in your league. It's the information you need is who to buy, who to sell, 
and who to draft. And that's what we try to focus on, right? Like those are the, we're looking for, we're looking for buy windows. We're looking for sell windows and we're looking for people to draft onto our dynasty team forever. And today's show, we're going to focus on some buys and the next show we're going to focus on some sells. We're going to go AFC and I'm going to kick it off because I'm already talking and I do enough of that already. <laughs> so these guys need to pipe down. So let me, let me go right into my first buy and then I'd like to hear what you guys think about it. And we'll go from there. There's some big news saying in the NFL, obviously, uh, D'Amico Ryans gets hired for the Houston Tech- Texans, former player there that was drafted, uh, star linebacker, gets a six-year deal. Uh, very good defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Good leadership is for him here, so we'll see if he can help turn that Texans team around and get that locker room uh, all for one, one for all. And they have a lot of draft picks to do it. But then Sean Payton goes to the Denver Broncos. They trade a first and a second, get a third back, and they get Sean Payton, so they're giving up three firsts, three seconds for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And they just saw, signed Russell Wilson to this long extension. And we know Russell Wilson did not have a good 22. We've been poo-poo on him, right? Like, I mean, it smells better in here. And it probably smells better than Russell Wilson's uh, house because it's been real stinky over there lately. And I don't even want to participate walking through that front door because I don't know what I'm going to walk myself into. But right now, guys, I'm going to say Russell Wilson is a buy in Dynasty Fantasy Football. And, you know, Obviously, in Superflex, everybody's a buy. But when you look at Russell Wilson, you look at a couple of things. You're looking at a guy who's got longevity at the position uh, because they signed him to such a huge contract. So you're getting three years of Russell Wilson no matter what. And three years of any player in Dynasty, that's such a long time. Because if you look at your Dynasty rosters three years ago, they're so drastically different, not only yours, but across your league and your league mates as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good run alone. It will probably extend a full contract a full five years. And you know Russell Wilson was a, a, a player that in the Seahawks was very successful. Nine Pro Bowls in his first 10 season, fourth best win percentage among all NFL quarterbacks. And Sean Payton's a really respected NFL coach. I mean, what Sean Payton is really known for, guys, is – you know, he's been considered a, a QB whisperer, right? That QB guru. And it goes back way back to when he first came in the league, when he even got hired as the Jets. Um, he was there as offensive coordinator for three years in 2000, just three years. And that's when Kerry Collins was the quarterback. And out of those three years where he was there, Kerry Collins had three of the best, most productive seasons of his career with Sean Payton as quarterback. Uh, when it came to completion percentage, touchdowns, those were all under Sean Payton. You know, his stint was a stint, was very, very good. 15 seasons led him to a Super Bowl victory. He was also the offensive coordinator when Bill Barcells was in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. And he's the one that really helped Tony Romo get ready in the NFL there right before he left the transition to become a good quarterback. And he went on to be a star quarterback. And then, of course, you have Drew Brees. When he goes to the Saints, him and Drew Brees arrived to the Saints in 2006. And the one thing with Sean Payton, uh, I'm going to say a lot of people think like, well, yeah, he just had Sean Payton. And I'm a big Drew Brees, guys. Uh, Drew Brees fan. I got his helmet. I got his I, in my living room over there in my uh, basement on my wall. I got his jersey. I was a huge fan of Drew Brees coming out of Purdue. I drafted him his rookie year uh, in our Dynasty League uh, a- as well when, when he came out. I'm a, I was just a really big Drew Brees fan. Um, letting me be a Chargers fan as well. Uh, because of Drew Brees. But, you know, when Drew Brees was in L.A. or San Diego at the time, he wasn't a star quarterback. I mean, right. so much so where they had the draft, they dra- they traded up to get Phillip Rivers. It wasn't until his very last season and he looked okay, but still he was just okay at that point. Obviously, that last game of his uh, career in San Diego, he tore his labrum, goes to uh, the New Orleans with Sean Payton, and of course, the rest is history. But Payne's had a really good rapport with quarterbacks and really finding out what they do and what they do well. He's already been on national television saying what he could do to help Russell Wilson. He stated that, you know, he wants to use his strengths, accentuate them to the fullest. And that's what Sean Payton does and what his offense does because he runs that West Coast offense. And what Sean Payton likes to do is he likes to find what's the best thing that his players can do. You know, he has a defense. It's a horizontal defense, quick passing game, very methodical. And he likes to get the ball put pushed downfield. And that's what that's where Russ Wilson excels, right? Like pushing that ball downfield. We saw it there in Seattle. Uh, not as much over the middle. We saw Drew Brees strive a lot over the middle. Not as much Russ Wilson. But Sean Payton's really good at adapting to what he has. We saw it with Taysom Hill. We saw it with Drew Brees and all his offenses. 
And what he'll do is he'll use a lot of different personnel groupings to kind of figure out that defense to see where they stand. And then he starts to pick them apart to find that success. It's why he's had so much success in the NFL. He did with Drew Brees. Obviously, Russell Wilson's not a tall quarterback as well. But going back to 2000, in 2019, Sean Payton's offense led the NFL, averaging 10.53 different personnel packages per game. That's according to Next Gen Stats. So that's what he likes to do. Get a feel for the game, come out there and see what does well. We know shot we know Russell Wilson was banged up last year as well. So that that helped help the cause. We saw Jerry Judy take a step forward. They have Cortland Sutton. They got Javante Williams back. Maybe they add, you know, they got Greg Dulcich as well, who looks really good. Tim Patrick, a very solid third receiver. So Russell Wilson has the weapons around him to succeed. And last year he left a very bad taste. In every dynasty owner's mouth, right? It, it's it's not a good place to be when you look as bad as Russell Wilson did. And that's going to create some kind of a dip in dynasty. Now, does the Sean Payton uh, sign-in increase Russell Bill Wilson's value in some people's eyes? Probably for most. But it also, yep. it, could, it could also, Matt, though, look as like a, a, a scapegoat, right? Like for people to get out from Russell Wilson, like, Oh man, this Payton news is the perfect, the perfect thing I need. You know, the window's open. I'm about to put the pie on the window seal because who's gonna be the first one to come get a nibble? And, <laughs> you know, and I'm just saying I'm coming to get a nibble. And I've never been a Russell Wilson fan whatsoever, but I really like, you know, all that bad. We have to see regression here with Russell Wilson. So he went from being almost unbuyable and untradeable to I'm I'm starting off right now in Superflex League. I'm offering a first and a second to see if that can get that deal done because all quarterbacks are coveted. And right now we have a quarterback that might be in a very good position to finish as a quarterback one next year or possibly a high-end QB two, which is still a top 30 overall player. Yeah, and, and obviously there are a few things that you mentioned in there. Um that are all good things for, for Russell Wilson. The things that I like the, the most, you know, are the fact that he's going from a first time head coach that really just looked like he was in over his head from basically day one to a guy that's been there, done that. He's going to have a plan. He knows how defenses are, you know, in the NFL operate and try to attack offenses. And he'll have a plan to, to, especially for a guy that's, uh, let's say a similar size to to a Russell Wilson. You know, he's been there and done that. He he knows how to get those kind of guys on the move if necessary or lanes to throw the ball. Um, so I, I think all that is going to be good for Russell Wilson. So going from a guy that more or less was just in and over his head in Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton, I think is is huge for him. I think the value is going up. And I don't think it's where it was before, so I think this is still a good buying opportunity for, for Russell Wilson. But the longer I think you wait, the closer we get to the season, the more hype there's probably going to be around this entire offense. That price is just going to keep climbing. So you, you're going to want to get in now. I know it stinks kind of the day after you hear this kind of stuff, putting out an offer because it's going to obviously pique the interest of the owner. Um but I think, like you said, the window might have just opened for somebody that sat through a whole year of kind of seeing the bad Russ, and it might have just opened enough for them to go, yeah, I'm I'm ready to get a little bit of a return, but just in case this thing crashes and burns, um, you know, in case he is completely washed up. So there might be buying opportunities. Obviously, it's going to change. You know, it's going to be league to league on this one because there's going to be some people that are, are just like, hey, no, that was a one-year fluke. Uh, I'm I'm not going to give you know I'm not going to give any sort of discount on Russ. He's going into a sweet situation now, and you know his value in my eyes is completely restored. There are going to be some people that think like that, but if if the person in your league does not think like that, I think it's a great opportunity to at least you know try it either way and and see if it's a person that that thinks you know I I just want to get out from underneath this guy um, because I do I do think he's going to have a bounce back type of season. Yeah, I'm I'm fully in support of this too. This was a a player that I had as a buy when we were talking about players that we were buying midseason. Um, I think he was one of the sleeper buyer sells of the week uh, for me, and it, it was simply because we look at somebody's track record, and Russell Wilson's track record has been phenomenal. I mean, we're talking about a guy that is a perennial 
QB one, a guy that's even been, you know, top five multiple times over the course of his career. He should be in basically the the prime of his career towards the end of his prime, but the the prime of his career right now, there's still time left. And and you mentioned the the contractor, which I think that's the the biggest thing of all of this. Even if even if he they wanted to get out, there's there's no way out from this for the Broncos. They have to make this work. And I think that's why they brought in Peyton because it's not like, okay, we can just hit the reset button again. No, we're committed to this for a while. So we have to figure out a way to make this work. I'm and Sean I'm Payton staring, was the best guy. I'm staring at the numbers right now. $107 million of dead money next year. $85 million of dead money the year after. And $49 million of dead money the year after that. So it doesn't like flip and become a savings and, until 2020, 2026 really is when they can save a substantial amount of money by, by getting rid of them. So they're in it for the long haul here um, with Russ. He's not going anywhere. Yep. Absolutely. We've seen the history of these coaches get traded where they found success and take their teams to the Super Bowl. you know, with Bruce Arians, Bill's Parcells, John Gruden. So, you know, Payne's a good coach. He's got a track, a track record of being a really good coach and, you know, getting things done. What's the most you guys would pay for Russell Wilson in a Superflex league right now? I mean, I li- I liked your suggestion of a first and a second. I I don't know that that's going to get it done everywhere. I think if somebody pushed it and and wanted a, a second second, I would feel okay doing that as well, like a first and two seconds. Two two firsts, I think, is probably what like the most likely price is going to be for him, and I. I would hesitate, but probably do it still. Yeah, I I would do I would do it for sure. They would need to be in the later part of the first. Um, mm-hmm. but if it, but if it was like, all right, you give me you know one eight and one ten, and I'll give you Russell Wilson. I would do that all day. Yeah, I'd be okay with two late first. Um, I suppose I I can see myself passing on that deal as well. It depends. I guess it really boils down to your quarterback situation because. It's not one of those he's he's too old to the point where like you can't just trade him and then you could trade him for two first down the road because every year that goes by that that value decreases. He's already what I think Russell Wilson 35 already somewhere around. Uh he's 30, he's 34 and 34? 71, 34 and 71 days. So yeah, so he'll be 35 going next year. So you know that 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 window is not as long as well. Um uh, 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 as long it's not, it's not as long of a career path as you would hope for a quarterback. So two firsts for me, I'd have to be in that champion, championship caliber window uh, and need him to succeed. And that's what a quarterback does, though. The quarterback is is a player that can give you such a massive influx of fancy points, uh, you know, over three hundred points. And Russell Wilson's the kind of player with the weapons around him. Big boost to Jerry Judy. Big boost to Cortland Sutton uh, as well, and of course Greg Dulcich. Matt, you got us uh, an AFC buy in your pocket that you think the listeners would, uh, you know, salvate over? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go from one established coach to another very established coach here, um, and I'm going to kick it over uh, to Kansas City with uh, Kadarius Tony as as my AFC buy here, and and the rationale obviously super young guy. Uh, Love the tape coming out, um, just. Super, super fast, super quick, able to separate, you know, in very small areas, which I loved. Um, and, you know, him being a former first round pick is is another big kind of reason. I know it didn't work out there with the Giants. Uh, and, you know, obviously he wasn't as healthy as you'd want coming over uh, to, to Kansas City. But when he was on the field, I think he showed some nice explosiveness. And the thing that I... I see in him is he's the closest thing on this team to a Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's, the, he's the only guy that can fill that void for Andy Reid. Miko Hardman was a nice, you know, he's a, a nice story. He's a fast player. He's just not the same kind of quick twitch athlete um, that Tyreek Hill really no one is, but Kadarius Tony offers, I think a similar skill set that Andy Reid's going to be able to exploit. And, you know, we saw it in, in little glimpses, you know, you know, obviously it wasn't, we never saw a lot out of him. We, he only had 10 catches for on 14 targets, but in that small amount of, of 
uh, you know, sample size, he did score two touchdowns. So we know that Andy Reid has got some stuff in the back of his mind that's been brewing on how he can use this guy. It's going to be a matter of Kadarius Tony getting healthy, having a full off season, and kind of getting in the program. And I, and I think I think we're going to see some nice stuff as long as he can stay healthy, which has obviously been his biggest issue. The hamstring issues and all these little soft tissue issues have been kind of his thing. But if he gets it figured out, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty scary what Andy Reid can do with this guy, and and you add that to the fact that Miko Hardman and Juju Smith are both free agents this off season, and both could be out the out the door um, in free agency. It would really just leave uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's you know he's a deep threat. He's a throw it long every once in a while type of guy. Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. And, and, you know, Sky Moore is a nice player. We, we like his upside as well. I think out of those two guys, Kadarius Tony is still the much more explosive athlete. And Marquez Valdez Scantling, not even guaranteed to be on this roster, by the way. When you look at his contract, he's counting 11 million bucks against the cap, and he's only got $4 million of, of dead money. So it's not like they're married to Marquez Valdez Scantling either. If, if, he's, if they're not liking what they see with him, you know, over the course of the season, they don't like that contract. They can get out from underneath that thing, and it might just be a Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and whomever they bring in in the off season. So that's kind of where I'm seeing this. And right now, it's it's not a big investment. You know, if if you can get him right now, I looked on the trade finder, a lot of second round draft picks, a lot of just kind of throw in package stuff that had Kadarius Tony just kind of looked like as an add in piece. I think. The, the the time now is ripe to kind of get a guy like this. And, and you know, if it was an early second-round draft pick in the 2023 draft, I would hesitate a little bit, and I don't know that I would make that deal. But if it's a late second-round draft pick in, in the 2023 draft, I'm, I'm making that deal all day because chances of there being this kind of explosive athlete on the – you know, in this Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes there is – I mean, for the long haul, the guy's only 24 years old. He could be there for the next six, seven years pretty easily. You know, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to take that gamble and, and use a late second round or mid to late second round draft pick on a guy like Kadarius, Tony. Yeah. I, I totally, totally with that. Uh, I think Kadarius, Tony is a special athlete and sometimes you, you have to take gambles, right? Um, you, I like to play it close to the vest. I like to play it safe with a lot of the stars, you know, the guys that I am investing a lot in. But if it's somebody that I'm not investing a lot in, I don't really care that much about the safety. I care about the upside. And could that absolutely blow up in your face and he has four catches the rest of his career because he could never stay healthy and he has problems fitting in and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Sure, that's a very real possibility. But is there a chance that he could even become – 75% 75% of what Tyreek Hill has been. If that's if if he's 75% of what Tyreek Hill has been, you're going to be thrilled giving up a mid to late second. So yeah, I would I would totally do that. Yeah, mid to late second's not a bad investment for the upside you get, but you know it's a risk. You know, it, it is a risk. His attitude's terrible. I mean, you know, his attitude from what I hear is like me coming home at 3 a.m. after a night with my boys, and my wife's up waiting for me. Like it's just it's <laughs> not a, it's not a happy situation sometimes. So for me, Kadarius Tony. Yes. Does it come with the risk? But yeah, you're still going out. You're still going to have a good time. Right? <laughs> you're going to deal with that when you get home. Um, so for a late second, I'm all in for it. If it's an early second, I'd have a little hesitant because, you know, there's some really good players at the top of the second that offer some upside as well. Definitely. If you need a tight end, like these tight ends are really starting to like, as I'm like looking more at the tight ends, when I'm supposed to start studying these quarterbacks, <laughs> I just keep, you know, Luke Musgraves is at the senior bowl, Dalton Kincaid. Michael Mater, Don Darnell Washington, and there's more names on the list I haven't been able to get into that I've heard uh, good things through the grapevines through people I trust. So very excited about that. But Kadaris Tony, like Matt said, as of right now, as it stands going to 2023 for what we know and what's going to be on this roster, the upside's through the roof. If you could put it together and say, listen, man, you know, Kedaris, I also see Kadaris Tony be like, I want that second big contract. This is it. Like, I got two more years. Yeah, I got I to gotta put my feet down and go forward with it. Then, yeah, he's going to put up some really big numbers in that offense. And, you know, we, we see what Travis Kelsey can do. Travis Kelsey's getting closer to 40 than he is 30 at this point. So I know he looks unstoppable. <laughs> he might be. Uh, 
you're looking for that number one receiver still in this offense for Pat Mahomes. He's such a wizard. So I love to buy and Yeah. I, I love to see if I can get him for a mid second. Cool. That, uh, that means I'm up, right? Uh, Gee, you're up, man. I'm up. All right. This is probably going to be, I have two buys. Uh, w- this one is probably the deepest of all the buys that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and, but also the least expensive of all the ones we're talking about. Uh, and that guy is Khalil Shakir from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this started uh, for me back uh, in, in the Devi days, watching him play as a sophomore at Boise State, um, pushing a 1,000 yards in his sophomore campaign, looked really good. It was always just making these highlight real catches that you were just like, man, that was, that was an awesome catch. That was incredible. Great concentration, blah, blah, blah. Got banged up as a junior uh, coming out of Boise, and then, but his senior year, put up nearly 1,200 yards, uh, looked fantastic. Uh, another guy that was kind of, uh, you know, my my guy as far as like the the receivers. And, you know, the late round receivers, you're, you're not going to hit on all of them, right? First, it was Darius Slayton for me, moderate hit. Uh, uh, then I had, uh, who's the dude from Rhode Island that I totally whiffed on? Um, whoever it was, he, he total whiff. Then Amon Ross St. <laughs> Brown, total, total hit. That one was great. You know, and now we got Khalil Shakir uh, is, is was my guy last year. And one of the things I liked, because I was nervous, they didn't use him a ton during the year. He had some games here and there, but no more than a catch or two. And and on the season, he, he ended up with, with 10 catches on the regular season. So it wasn't, wasn't a fantastic regular season. A little disappointed. They get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, they're looking for this guy. They're throwing him. The, they, they give him in the, in the Miami game, they give him five targets. Now I get it, it's five targets. It's nothing crazy. But for a guy that was supposed to be their fourth receiver, they're throwing him big plays down the field. He re- he registered 50 yards against Miami in the playoffs and 40 yards against Cincinnati in the playoffs. So when you take a guy that <clears throat> wasn't used very much all season and elevated into a role in their most important games of the season, that's something I really like to see. You add into the fact that he's normally a lower A dot guy. He's a guy that does really good getting the first downs, moving the chains, possessions, that kind of stuff. They were kind of using him out of pocket. They were using him as like a deep threat. And he was making plays, and he did really well with that. But that's not like his typical lane. Then you add in the fact that Cole Beasley probably won't be there next year. Um, He came in like week 9, 10, whatever it was. Um, So he was kind of in in the way for Shakir as well. Shakir is not a big name but he's somebody that you will be able to get absolutely dirt cheap. He's the perfect throw-in to a trade that you're making. Uh, you know, you, you, it's, it's a close deal, and you're like, ah, throw, throw in Shakir on top. He could be their their slot receiver next year. Gabe Davis has been a roller coaster ride um, and not always the best type of roller coaster. Um, it's like one of those ones where, like, the, the bar like moves up a little bit more than you wanted to on the way down and feels a little <laughs> sketchy. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, there's, there's a role to be had here. If he, if he, if he takes it, if he develops, like I think he will, I think he could be a very, very solid player. Will it ever be a wide receiver one? No, but could he be a very solid wide receiver for fantasy football teams? I think he could, uh, throw in guy, or, you know, you might be able to get him for like a fourth round pick, late third round pick, something very inexpensive to get Khalil Shakir. Yeah, probably later than a third. I don't think it would give up a third for Khalil Shakir. Probably not. Uh, most likely a fourth. I like him as a throw-in player. And this, this is most likely a 2024 play um, with Layer Nat Ison on the cake here in 2023 as well. We saw some of that in the playoffs. Gabe Davis, I believe this is, is going to be his last year in Buffalo. Uh, unless he signs an extension and you know, that can go both ways where like, if he has a really good year, he's not resigning in Buffalo. Cause it, you know, they probably won't pay him the money. Rose Shakir. Uh, I, I really want to see what they do in the NFL draft as well. See where they invest. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of talk right now about Buffalo. Like, you know, will they get a, they, will they add a receiver, right? Will they add a receiver? Some people are dissing on Stefan Diggs. And I know I've seen some stuff about like running back, running back, but I'm not buying that because, they just invested a second round pick in James Cook. They traded for Naheem Hines. That's a really good combo there. They just need that big bruising back, and they could draft that guy late, right? They could find one of those guys in this deep class late, um, or even bring an undrafted guy. So I, I want to see what they do at receiver. Um, and would they go? Would they go there if, if they invest anything higher than like a third, you know, a third round picker up? I, 
that would make me a little bit more worried about Shakir. Uh, but if not, yeah, I, I mean, I'm all in. And I think you have to, I think what you have to do, what's nice about Shakir and Garrett is you have the liberty to wait because he's a perfect like draft day trade, right? Like mm-hmm. you see who has him on there. You're up in the fourth round. Like, hey, everybody wants this pick. All your league mates are like, yeah, I want this pick because it's, it's a deep class. And you just yeah. find that guy with Shakir. I'm like, hey, man, I'll go to you. Give me, I'll take Khalil Shakir. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll give you this. Like, no, it's, it's got to be a young guy. I got to get some upside here. Give me Shakir. Uh, so, yeah, I like it, man. I, I like what I saw of him out of the playoffs. And his tape was good enough for me coming out where I have no problem investing like this minimum of an investment to see if I can get any return on it. Even as my wide receiver four in the fourth round, I'm totally okay with that. Definitely have a guy like a guy like Gabe Davis goes down or God forbid, uh, Stefan Diggs does and he gets elevated into a much bigger role. Then you're talking probably mid range wide receiver two production with Josh Allen there. Yeah. I mean, that's Stefan Diggs contract. I mean, he's not going anywhere he, right now. He's looking at $45 million of dead money against like a $20 million cap it. So, so Diggs is going to be there for a couple more years. So that, that gives you a little bit of security, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, 29 years old um, right now, Stefan Diggs is if they like, didn't at least have a look at a guy, I don't know if they're going to use a, a high draft pick on, on a guy like that or, or not, you know, kind of get out ahead of the um, Stefan Diggs replacement. Um, so I, I mean, I, I like the secure, I like the secure buy. I, I do, I do think he's like a, a worthwhile guy. That's, I liked his tape. I didn't like it as much as you, Garrett, but I think he showed in the playoffs a little bit more than I thought he had. I thought he was kind of more of a slot guy and that was all he was going to be kind of be at, at the NFL level. But I think they're, they're using him downfield and stuff like that in the playoffs. And hopefully that kind of role grows you know you know almost into a Gabe Davis type of role and Gabe can kind of take his inconsistencies elsewhere right um uh, and and then you know then they're eventually looking at him as a wide receiver too and then the Stefan Diggs kind of replacement can come naturally in the next couple of years and the wide receiver too in this offense is valuable uh so mm-hmm. I, that's you know you get him now you get him on the cheap um, it, I think that is a, a nice long-term investment as long as you're not looking for too much from him. I think, you know, it, yeah. if you're looking at him, Hey, this guy's going to be my wide receiver four. maybe he'll have some wide receiver three upside. Um, I think that's kind of the kind of guy he is. Yep. So if you can get him cheap, uh, I think it's a great buy. All, All right, right Richard. On. <clears throat> so before we get to our next guy, I got to tell you guys, uh, about a new partnership of ours. You've heard about them before. We've we've talked about them before, but you know, the more that I go to this website and the more that I use it, the more excited I got about what they have to offer and how so it's such a perfect fit for what I love to do. And the more I got to know the owner, Alex, uh, the more I you know, I dude, this is just this is just too good not to be a long term relationship. And that's what we just started. Uh, starting this week over at FFPC. Uh, I know you heard of them. Uh, I, we've done the FFPC playoff challenge here many times on the show. We've advertised them, but that's all we've really talked about about the FFPC is the playoff challenge and some orphans before a couple of years ago. And we decided, hey, let's get into a long-term relationship here with FFPC. Let's go steady. You know, let's <laughs> let's fall in love slowly. And that's what we're doing. So what is FFPC? It's a, it's a host site, right? Where you can go play dynasty fantasy football and so many other different uh, ways to play fantasy. But, you know, a site that launched in 2010, my favorite statistic about FFBC is since 2010, they have never had a dynasty league fold ever. And the biggest thing I, I want to sell on FFBC here to start and let everybody know is that is such a huge, huge selling point because in today's day and age as di- as we see the game of dynasty grow too many people get into dynasty leagues love to do the startup draft and then their team doesn't win they, they go all in they sell their future draft capital and they get out right and then if you can't sell the team the league could fold it's just it's bad news to have these people come in and come out i mean this is not pornography so we want to be here for the long term and and, and be able to be have that sec- that security of dynasty fantasy football. And that's what FFPC offers. And you can't put a price tag on that. So they have leagues from $77 to $2,500. That's what they have. Right. And, and what they can give you is that security. 
And right now, what I love what's going on, and I've been on there a lot looking at, is their orphans. So, you know, whether it be people are coming or going for all different kinds of things, you know, whether it be jobs, families, or whatnot, these leagues put their teams up for sale. And a lot of times they're at discounted prices. So all you got to go is go to FF, myffpc.com to go look at their do- available orphans. Right now, if you use the promo code NERDS, you're going to save $25 off of any league. If it's a $70 league, a $2,500 league, you're going to save $25. And you can usually get these at a reduced price. And what's nice about a lot of these orphans is they have a significant amount of rookie draft picks. And when you go on there, you can see what every team has, all their draft picks, everything on this orphan site. And it's first come, first serve, right? So, like, there's new leagues popping up. The good ones go like that. I know because I saw a league, and I was like, man, this team is it. I'm going to come here later today. I'm going to buy this team. It was a $1,100 team, and I loved it. I love their draft picks. I love the Superflex. There's a Rotoviz Superflex Triflex League. I'm like, I'm going to get this team. Uh, I'm going to come back a little bit later. I went back too late, two, day, two hours later to go buy the team. Gone. Gone Don't. forever. Oh, I was so mad. They had they had one three, one seven, a good roster. I'm like, this is good value. It wasn't even a discounted team, but I was really willing to pay the full price. So go on there, check them out. Take it over an orphan. Mirrors the best real life football, right? You get in there, you rebuild it to your liking, make some trades and dominate. Check them out. Myffpc.com. Use that promo code NERDS. You're gonna save $25 on your new dynasty team. Now, my next buy is probably a pretty common buy, um, you know, doing research and trying to get some statistics. You come across a lot. I've seen multiple other uh, people say out there, go buy this player. But I said, I think I said when we were talking about this player, Deontay Johnson, like a month or so ago, uh, Garrett, I think you and I were talking, I was like on a podcast. I was like, is Deontay Johnson like one of the best values in dynasty right now? And you're like, probably. Uh, And looking into him, he still got the youth. He was wide receiver eight overall in 2021, right? That was the year he averaged 17.2 points per game. And then regression, negative regression happened in 22, uh, where he finishes wide receiver 41 and only averaged 10.8 points per game. But he's still only 26 years old. It, it, it He's one of the probably one of the premier route runners in the league right now. It, it, last year was just a bad situation with a rookie quarterback, a bad offensive line. You had Mitch Trubisky coming there at times. So, you know, if you the biggest stat you have with Deontay Johnson is the guy didn't score any touchdowns. The closest he came was the very last week, week 18 versus the Browns. He went down at the like half yard line uh, and he got so close. So his 844 receiving yards, if you just add a couple more touchdowns, say you give him five touchdowns, which is pretty average, right? Like he, he did that before. I think he had seven and 22. He's a top 30 receiver just with those bad stats alone. And you got to expect that this offense is going to be better in 23. They have to get the offensive line better to protect their rookie quarterback. They got Najee Harris. They got George Pickens, who'd be going to year two. You got Deontay Johnson. They, they'll probably draft the receiver because that's what they do. And they got Pat Fryermuth. This is off the I swear this offense gets significantly better. You know, Deontay Johnson, when you look at all these analytic metrics about you know getting open. Deontay Johnson ranks at the top. He's in the top seven when it comes to getting open, when it comes to those metrics. Um, when you're looking at Buddy making the big catches, De- you know, Deontay Johnson can do that. And I know they have George Pickens there as well who can do that. But Johnson, who averaged 5.6 receptions and 51.88 yards in 2022, that's, that's nothing where he did in, in 21. I mean, he averaged seven catches for 72 yards in that game. And – even though there's a big stink about, um, you know, Matt Canna, he's been really good for him. He's been a target hog. And like I mentioned last year, he set a record for most targets all time with no touchdown for the 147. His 147 targets were tied for the seventh most in the NFL with Garrett Wilson. And if he would have had like five more targets, he would have been fifth overall. I think Travis Kelsey was ahead of him by just a couple. And I can't remember the next guy, but he could have, he was, he was literally within 10 targets of being fifth overall in the NFL on targets. And Matt Canna has been real nice with uh, when it comes to Deontay Johnson. So Matt Canna so far has given him target counts of 144, 169, and then, of course, last year, 147. So with Matt Canna coming back and still calling plays there, this is somebody that you could count on still seeing a heavy target share with a quarterback who's going to go into his second year of the NFL, which usually we say, see 
these quarterbacks take a step forward. So in 2023, you should see positive regression for Deontay Johnson. One touchdown is one step in the right direction by six points. I expect Deontay Johnson to get back to that five to six touchdown range and get back to that high end wide receiver two uh category where a lot of people in your dynasty league are going to be focused on George Pickens and rightfully so he showed us a lot last year but if you're looking for you know when I look at players that I want to target in dynasty and I look for long-term success over time I'm looking for the best route runners in the NFL guys that can get open by themselves the guys that don't need to be schemed open it doesn't matter who the defensive back is those are the players I want. It's why Jerry Judy took a big step forward this year, and Sean Payne should be a big uh, help for him. It's why we love Devontae Smith so much coming out of, of Alabama that year, and people were talking about we were crazy. We had him higher than Jamar Chase, and yes, that was a mistake, having him higher, higher than Jamar Chase. But even when Devontae Smith was down, we were still building him back up, and he, 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 he prized us with the top eight overall finish of PPR and Deontay Johnson is that kind of receiver, a very savvy route runner that knows how to get open. And players like him for the next three to four years will consistently find success because they're going to see the target share and then produce. And I think it was just one of those bad years, kind of like what we talked about with Russell Wilson. And it's on us as dynasty owners to find that window to capitalize. If I could get Deontay Johnson for a high second, I'd be all over that. If my receiving core was needy, I'd have no problem giving a late first for Deontay Johnson as well. I bought him for a late first last year uh, when he was doing that so good. I have zero regrets because I do look for that bounce back year. I think he's a great buy low candidate. He's 26, still not even entering his prime yet with what we just need to see a little bit more out of Kenny Pickett, and then he should be in a good position. So Deontay Johnson, I think, is a fantastic buy in your dynasty leagues right now, and it might not even take a first to get him a couple seconds, or maybe there's a player that you want to offload that can get you DJ in return. Yeah, and, and you look at his contract a little bit. He, he's probably tied to them this year. Um, so the dead the dead money is around nineteen million. His cap hits at sixteen. So I, I do anticipate him staying for the, at least this year there in Pittsburgh. I wasn't sure about the Matt Canada. Have they made like a an official announcement that he was yep. staying? Okay. Have, um, yep. so, yeah. So that's good. That's good news because I, I I do think he likes Deontay Johnson and and knows his value. Um, so, you know, this, uh, this is probably a good time to use the, uh, George Pickens hype to go ahead and get the other guy on the team. I, I do like that as a strategy, um, because I, I, there, you know, Deontay Johnson is likely to match his numbers, if not better George Pickens numbers next year. And, and you could definitely get him cheaper, um, than you can Pickens right now. So that, that's, that makes him a very nice value. And, you know, he just don't expect too much. He's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be a mid-tier wide receiver two type of guy, I think. And and that's kind of where he's at right now. But at 26 years old, at that kind of value where you're just giving up like a mid-second, I think that that's pretty decent. And and you're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. You're getting consistency, too. He's going to be getting a lot of targets. Like you said, The this year was pretty weird that he just didn't get any touchdowns. I, I do think those will he'll have a bounce back year just from respect and some sort of normalization, even if it's three or four, you know, it, that is a, that's a boost. And, and that'll get you up the, the overall rankings at the end of the season as well. So I think that's, you know, he, he's a nice player. Absolutely. Yeah. The mid tier wide receiver two is a championship caliber player. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll hear some players in your leagues like, Oh, he's a wide receiver too. That's a championship caliber player. That's the kind of player you can build around, especially if you can slide Deontay Johnson to your wide receiver three, uh, slot, it's even better. But listen, there's only 12 wide receiver ones out there. So if you get your hands on a couple of wide receiver twos and you build the right team around them, that's a championship caliber player. I I am with you as long as I'm giving up the second. I would be a tad bit nervous on the first, not because I don't believe in Deontay Johnson as the the, the player. It's the offense that I'm not sold on. You know, I, Kenny Pickett didn't do anything to wow me this year. Uh, that offensive line is still pretty rough. Uh, hopefully they're able to do some things in the offseason to fix that um, or at least get it to closer to average as opposed to just abysmal. Uh, but the, I, I think as long as I can give the second, I think the target share and that type of thing will will be enough to make it worthwhile. 
I just think this offense caps his ceiling to where I don't know. You know, we we talked about him being what was it wide receiver eight in twenty twenty one. I just don't know that we're ever going to see the wide receiver one range again unless there's some like drastic change for him either being on a new team or a drastic change for the Steelers. So I'm in for a second. I'm I'm not in for a first. Yeah, so I like to lay first because I, I I like the upside of the production there. Um, again, I'm with you, Gary. I would love to get the, the high second if possible because you're not getting for a late second. That's just out the window. No, um, no. Let's get a couple seconds. But, you know, I mean, the Steelers are in a good position to, here too to kind of do all the things we want them to do. They're on, they have a rookie running back. They have a rookie wide receiver. Their wide receiver twos are rookie. So they have no money tied up in that offense. Pat Fryermuth right. is still on a rookie deal. So that's the best position for an NFL team to have these rookie quarterbacks to start building their offense and team into a more juggernaut before they have to pay that quarterback. So I, I'm with, I do feel confident that the GM in Pittsburgh should be able to put a team together to make them look better offensively, knowing that if the team's going to go anywhere, it's going to have to be on Kenny Pickett's shoulders, or if not use Najee Harris either even more, but all of those both means beefing up that offensive line and making it better. So you have to expect the Steelers to go into this offseason looking to do just that because the defense was already good. So mm-hmm. they have to beef off the offensive line because they don't have a lot of holes elsewhere on that offense. Um, maybe like I said, we another receiver. So I think this is the time to buy. And, that, and I feel the same way about Kenny Pickett and Superflex. When you see him, when you see these Superflex startups, Kenny Pickett's going so late. Um, it's crazy when you get these young quarterbacks that late. That's such a great value. Uh, getting him and same thing with Najee Harris. Najee Harris saw a dip. I think this whole offense right now is a value in Pittsburgh outside of George Pickens because George Pickens, you know, with all the hype that he's got in the community, he's probably a little bit too rich for my blood. And I love George Pickens, like love him to death, but he's probably a little bit too rich. I think the real value in Pittsburgh is everything outside of George Pickens. And that's Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and Kenny Pickett. Matt, where are you with your number two? Russell Wilson's house is what it smells like selection. So, yeah, yeah. The first one, I kind of went a a high upside type of guy um, with probably a little bit more cost associated with him. This one's going to be a little bit cheaper and I think a little bit more steady Eddie. Um, And I'm going to go back to uh, the old well, Robert Woods, one last time, 30 years, (laughs) 303 days old, Obviously, last year was a was a down year for him. Um, I, I don't even know where the heck he finished. I, I'm, I'm not even going to look it up. It was bad. Um, it was bad. <laughs> it, it was bad. But it, but he was coming off. Obviously, it was his first year coming off the ACL. He all for all intents and purposes, he was back and better than we expected very early on. But it still takes time for that you know for that full recovery from an injury like that especially at at an advanced age like 30 um everything takes a little bit longer to to get normalized and and you know he's first year in a new offense and it was run heavy offense that had basically terrible quarterback play all season long I know all this sounds terrible, uh, but I, I do think it's going to turn around. <laughs> I was going to say where's the win on this man? I'm waiting for the the tide to turn. <laughs> he's they're bringing in a new GM. Um, he only costs a nickel. <laughs> he's very, very cheap. That it, that was going to be my closing argument, Rich, oh, but okay. now that you brought it up. Um, so the Titans right now are $23 million over the projected cap next year. So they got some things that they're going to have to work out. And whether or not that is you know, getting rid of a guy like Robert Woods, who maybe didn't produce up to his contract last year, or is it replacing Tannehill with another quarterback or, or you know, some other type of moves? I'm not sure exactly how the dust is going to settle on this one. But if if Woods ends up on a different team with a more explosive offense or just with a better offensive situation here coming into year two off of his ACL, I think he's going to have much improved numbers. You know, he went from a, being this borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two guy for years and years and years. He felt very steady Eddie to kind of being, you know, he, he had a shortened season with the injury and then last season was just a bad situation. So a lot of people have again forgotten about Robert Woods and how good and how reliable he can be. I don't think he's ever going to be back up in that wide receiver, like low end wide receiver one range, but I think a wide receiver three type of season could definitely happen for Robert Woods. I think he's very, he's a, he's a pros pro. And I think, you know, 
he just gets it done. And for the price you're having to pay, I saw like a 2025 third round draft pick. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's three years down the road and who cares about a third round draft pick to begin with. You can make that up eight times between now and then on a number of different trades. And the best part about this is a guy like Robert Woods between now and the draft is just going to keep getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So, you know, what what's a third now might be a fourth or fifth by the time the draft day rolls around, and that's probably when I'd be looking to make a deal for a guy like Robert Woods, kind of shore up the back end of my depth on a championship type of team for a fifth-round draft pick. That is a that is a throwaway pick most of the times. The, the the chances of that pick hitting are so low it's ridiculous. And if you're in a championship rebuild, I mean a championship caliber team, you you're I'm willing to make that kind of deal all day long to just get some depth and get some peace of mind for a guy like Robert Woods. Um so what what do you guys think on Bobby Trees? Is he still worth the squeeze or is those 31 year old knees just not gonna do it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I, I get what you're saying. Like, oh, you could almost, you could almost say like any player that has any sort of a chance to play is worth a fifth. So like, <laughs> if it's, if he's, if, if I'm truly giving a fifth, then sure. Like I'll, I'll take the gamble. Uh, I just have a hard time seeing him in any sort of relevant role anywhere where I would ever feel good about starting him. Like he feels at this point borderline roster clogger. So like what, I, what, if, I what, if they, what if they cut him? He ends up on, you know, Dallas, for instance, somewhere like that. Somebody, somebody sure. likes to throw the heck out of the ball. But what if they cut him and he ends up in Baltimore? Well, that's not a better situation, but it's not worse than he was already in. And what if Baltimore cuts Lamar Jackson? And he'll be one year He'll be one year further from that knee injury. I think he'll be a better player than he was last year. And he had like 600 yards. It wasn't like he had 200 yards. He had, he yeah. had like 585 yards or something like that. Um, if it's a fifth, sure. If it's any more right. than that, probably right. no. You're in a room today e- that you didn't make this move, my friend. <laughs> I would easily give up a fifth round pick for Robert Woods. Easily. That would that would even be a no brainer. If you have Robert Woods and you want my fifth round pick here in the league with me, please send it over. Uh I don't want to see who's there in the fourth, but I would probably consider a fourth for the reasons Matt said as well. Uh, you know, one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest offseason moves that dynasty players don't make this time of year, and that's just the time of year. Let's say this whole dynasty offseason right from the spring to the summer to the season start is not finding players like robert woods these older guys that are so dirt cheap like robert woods is that they're practically free for depth like matt's not telling you to go trade for robert woods to put him in your lineup he, he said like go get him this is a really good depth set in the right situation like we mentioned like a guy like stefan Diggs goes down in the right situation you come in and be a solid NFL receiver and give you wide receiver three numbers. Uh, you know, maybe in the right situation, high end wide receiver two numbers. Definitely we stays in Tennessee with Trey Burks and they don't bring anybody else in. But pl- acquiring players like that for free and just a- acquiring that depth, it's such a crucial move for your championship caliber teams because that depth only gets super expensive as the season goes along. And as you try to acquire it, people know that, hey, they're trying to acquire it. That they got the draft capital on their mind, and that that fourth round pick is instantly a third round pick. And if he's doing anything whatsoever, it could be a late second because they're like, "Hey, it's a late second. They know where you stand as it is. We're in the offseason; they're not looking at late second, mid second. They're just looking at draft picks, right? That's what's on their mind: draft picks and acquiring those older running backs that give you a chance. Those tight ends, you're like the Zach Ertz is another great trade target right now, um, who I think would be a great buy. Zach Ertz. But they a, were a doing player. that next week, man. Yeah, it's NFC. <laughs> so we'll talk about you know, it's my bot. Oh, sneak peek. Um, but you know, Robert Woods to have a guy like that depth, a, a player that you know, if given the opportunity, will produce for your team a year removed from the ACL. We constantly see these guys come back from ACL and they have that regression where they're not put up the numbers they usually do. It usually takes another year after that to come back to full form. I think Robert Woods is the perfect player to add to your roster for dirt cheap just for 
uh, that depth. And like you said, roster clogger, Garrett, if you're giving up that kind of draft cattle form, say it's a fourth, and something happens with your dynasty roster and you had to cut bait on Robert Woods and you give him a fourth, it's not end of the world. No matter what you do when you give him a fourth, it's not end of the world. It, so to me, it's like gaining a free insurance policy. You know, like, hey, I'm going to give you this insurance policy for 12 months. Um, if you get in an accident, we might be here. We might not. But, you know, hey, that's a, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. That's a terrible so, insurance company. I know. I know. It could be. It could be. But it could be great in an accident, and all of a sudden they're giving you a, a, a bell with your name on it called the, the Dynasty League Champion. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know I signed up for this super sweet insurance, right? It's like, what's that What's that insurance company, like the general.com or whatever it is they're still around? You know, like, I don't even know if they're a real insurance company, but I think a lot of people get them because they got those commercials. Somebody's got to pay for the animation, so – I don't know what you get for it. You know, you might have a $25,000 deductible on your $8,000 car, but so be it. So, so, so I actually like to buy Matt. Cause I like that. I like that strategy in general. I mean, you can use Robert Woods as kind of like the, the, the bold title of the book, but like that player in general fits so many leagues. And I know I've done it a ton of times. I've seen you do it a ton of times, right? Like mm-hmm. when Julio Jones is washed, I got Julio Jones when he was still on the Falcons for like a fourth round pick. Has he done me any service probably since then? No, but it was worth that juice was worth the squeeze. So I think on Robert we uh Robert Woods knees, that juice is worth the squeeze. So give me a cup, please. Nice way to extend the rhyme. Get your up for the last. Last but not least. Oh, this sucks. This is terrible. It's the least. Um, uh, a guy that is, uh, you know, kind of like Robert Woods, where he always seems to end up on the buy list. This player always seems to end up on my buy list, uh, every year, whether it's on a YouTube video or in here, that's JK Dobbins. Uh, all I heard this off season from tons of people was, yeah, bro. But did you see him run? Yeah. He doesn't look right. And granted, he does not look a hundred percent. I'm not even sure he looks 85%. But you know what he did do? He still put up 5.7 yards per rush, Ooh. not being fully healthy. He still was scoring touchdowns. He was still putting up 100-yard games while not fully healthy. And the shocking part to me is I, I, I've done a little bit of, of market research. I even asked tonight for some people to send me uh, recent startups that they've done. I looked at other ones that I had seen even before tonight. I've seen nine startups, okay? Nine startups from people that are active on Dynasty Twitter. Um, Some of them are even analyst leagues, all kinds of different. Six of those leagues, Damian Pierce is going ahead of J.K. Dobbins. And in fact... The current oh, sorry, ADP, I threw up my mouth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the current ADP on Sleeper has Damian Pierce ahead of J.K. Dobbins. We're talking about a second round running back that has proven that he can be a legitimate asset. Yes, he had the one big injury, and that's the other thing I keep hearing is, well, he's injury prone. No, he had one big injury that needed cleaned up. That's it. That's that's the only injury. Other than that, he's been he's been fine. And I get it. He missed a ton of time with that injury, and that's frustrating. And it's easy for people to just want to be done and write a player off. But, look, somebody told me, they're like, yeah, he's injury prone. I was like, man, then you must have not enjoyed having Saquon or CMC or Jonathan Taylor or, like, so many. Like, these running backs get injured. That's what they do. It's 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 part of the game. So if I can be getting J.K. Dobbins straight up for Damian Pierce – if I can get J.K. Dobbins for a late first or multiple seconds or whatever ridiculousness people are doing right now, then absolutely give me J.K. Dobbins all day long. Dude, he's not injury prone. And I've seen a lot of this hate too. And then you try to defend him like, oh, there's that Ohio State bias. Like, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from just because, like, you know, I live there. Um, I, I don't have, I, I watch them all the time. It doesn't mean I'm Ohio. I have some Browns bias, yes, but I don't have Ohio State bias. And if you look at all our rookie rankings, you would kind of overall see that uh, in the long run. 
But you're right. I mean, this is a fantastic runner. When you watch his tape, he's so dynamic. Came back, at, you know, he decided to take a little bit of rest, what's best for him, and get that knee cleaned up because he's looking out for what's best for him, um, which is great because he wanted to have that longer career anyways. The dinosaur, you should be very happy he did that and to mess up his knee up more. And then what he cut, what do you do? Came out, like Garrett said, average 5.7 yards per carry, dominant the NFL at the running from a running game aspect from all statistical standpoints from that point going forward. And a run first NFL team, you know, if they re sign Lamar Jackson and they franchise him, it's kind of hard to see him going anywhere. New offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. I, he's just a dynamic runner overall. And you do, you still see a lot of like hate on J.K. Dobbins, and I'm buying him anywhere you get. If you're in league with me, when you have J.K. Dobbins, send him on over. Uh, I'm still buying. I have a ton of shares. I've been buying now for two years. I think he's an absolutely dynamic running back uh, that's going to, that gives you that high end running back two upside with running back one potential. And what I like about J.K. Dobbins as well, Gary, is like, we saw some people like, well, I don't know if he catches the ball. We saw a huge uptick in his, his receiving game when he came back after getting that knee cleaned up too. I think he had like 26 receptions somewhere around there. I'm just trying to think I'm trying to get these off the top of my head or like he caught 14 and 26 targets somewhere along those lines. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but we saw an uptick in his passing game and that was something he didn't do a ton of. So as Lamar Jackson plays definitely stays in Baltimore. They have to find avenues to protect him. And definitely they signed him to this huge contract. He can't keep running because this is what happens. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt for longer periods of time. It's going to cost the, the Ravens a chance to go out there and win the playoffs. So they're going to have to open up the pass again. They're going to have to open up the run game. And J.K. Dobbins should uh, benefit from that. Still super young player, a dynamic runner in open field. The guy can get sideways almost uh, when he's making some of his cuts. And I'm still extremely excited. I think this is a great buy. If, like you said, if you get Damian Pierce for him, I would trade Derrick Henry straight up for him as well. If I had Derrick Henry, I have no shares. I'm sure most of you guys know why. And no, he's <laughs> not on my AFC sell show. I promise he's not on the sell show. I was so tempted to do that, by the way. I didn't, though. <laughs> he's not. I, I was too because he's 29 years old. He's a running back. I'm like, I've done, I've been this horse so long. It's a fossil. Uh, so for me, uh, I, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he's one of the most. I think he's one of the best buys you can get. And I hate talking about him so much because as we're doing these nerd startups, like when it comes to a startup running back and grabbing one early, I have no problem waiting on running back because I know I could get J.K. Dobbins in like the sixth round. What yep. what was the average round you saw him go in, in Garrett, in those startups approximately? Uh, in, in Superflex, uh, the highest I saw uh, was a, a late fifth. Uh-huh. The latest I saw was a mid-eighth. Yeah, so that and that and that that was my target uh for JK Dobbins from what I've been seeing as well. Um a lot of these startups is right around the sixth round. I think he's a great target right around there as a starter running back with great upside and pair him up with a running back you could get a little bit higher. But like you said, injuries. I mean, I mean, good luck going to try Brees Hall towards ACL. Are you gonna go not trade for Brees Hall and go try to trade for Brees Hall and see what the asking price is? I trust me. I tried to buy the dip and people just threw stuff at me. And that's not nice. That's not nice. You shouldn't throw nice. things at me. I'm here to make dynasty trades, not be physically abused. So, I love it. Yeah, man, I'm with you there as well. I I think you know, I think you could throw like a a, a Javante Williams in the same conversation for very mm-hmm. similar reasons as well going into next season. Um, I, I thought just, about him as a buy, but when Rich said he was doing doing Russell Wilson, I was like, I guess we shouldn't buy the entire Broncos off. Right? No, I thought the same thing. So I just I, I wanted to mention him. Glad you did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you are, but uh, <laughs> but I I'm not sure where you were seeing or where you were getting those the the receiving stats. He only had seven catches for for 42 yards. Uh, it was early on in the season. You know, week week three, week four, where he was catching more passes. That's or his total. Caught. Was that his total, Matt? Then what's his total receptions on the year? Yeah, yeah. That no, that was his total in weeks three and four. He caught six passes in those. So early on in the season, he was catching passes. Later on in the season, it didn't look like he was really getting it done there. He was getting it done on the ground though, like crazy. He did so. catch four or five, including a receiving touchdown in the playoff game, though. So how okay. many total receptions did he have, including playoffs? Yes, he had twelve. So half of what I said, <laughs> <laughs> but we know he's capable and, and they're bringing in a whole new offense. They're, they're out there um, kind of scouring all sorts of different offensive coordinators. Um, 
to 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 bring in a replacement for uh what's his name that Greg Roman that they've had for kind of years and years you know that was a very stale very run first run heavy type of offense and, and I think they're they're going to be casting a, a wider net here and and maybe they will be getting you know more more people involved in the passing game and J.K. Dobbins is more than capable of, of catching passes. So hopefully he he gets more uh, involved in that aspect because, you know, if he, if he gets – he's got another six months to get healthy and he gets near that 100% mark, he's he's going to crush next year because um, uh, he's just – he's a fantastic running back. So, yeah, I really love this uh, as a buy. Way too early. Way too early bold prediction. Oh, here it is. Write it down. J.K. Dobbins outscores Javante Williams Ooh. in PPR leagues next year. Well, he's got the upper hand. He's already come back and 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 gotten that kind of first run with the knee out of the way. Don't damper my bold prediction. All right. I don't need excuses. It's, it's just uh, let's call that one a semi-bold per, per, prediction. Bold, not in bold letters. <laughs> italics I prediction. Italics prediction. My italics prediction. J.K. Dobbins outproduces Devontae Williams. Put that on YouTube. Save it. Mark it. January thirty first, twenty twenty three. Uh, I can't wait to be right. Pat myself on the back now. Woo, italic Pat. So that's it, Nerd Herd. We'll be back next week with our NFC cells. We'll do our NFC buys on the Nerd Herd Show. What is the Nerd Herd Show? If you're new to listen, we do two shows. One that we do every week, comes out every week. It's free. We're here to talk Dynasty. But then we have our Nerd Herd, which you can see behind me, the Nerd Herd, uh, which is get you really dope tools, right? Like the Dynasty GM, the Trade Analyzer, the Trade Finder, the the the, the League Analyzer, the Dynasty Nerds Film Room, the Dynasty Nerds uh, Nerd Score. So much we offer for the Nerd Herd for the price of a cup of coffee a month. And you get so many tools right now. You can dive into that Dyson Nerds film room. And what you also get is that bonus podcast, which is really clutch also during the rookie season. So not only do you get the Dyson Nerds film room to watch all the tape on these rookies, then you get that extra podcast. So we do cover so many rookies. We have to cover half of the rookies on the nerd. So you only get half of the information that we're out to give. And I think if you take all of our rookie analysis over the last nine years and you compare it to the community and you compare it to, honestly, a lot of the NFL scouts, our hit rate is got to be up there. If not number one, like it's up there. Uh, that's how confident I am in our rookie analysis and what we get where a lot of people go right, we'll go left. And sometimes people laugh, but we're usually the last ones laughing. Now that sounds a little, uh, cocky but that's okay yeah that's all right gotta be a little proud of your work sometimes so check us out nerd herd i know we're running a, a promo right now for the film room it's like film 15 to save you 15 percent uh on your subscription the dyson nerds film room is worth the price of admission alone honestly at this point like like we said to begin the show hundreds and hundreds of hours of all 22 film and i know that like oh that's a lot of games no each player's game is five minutes long Right. So like that's a good, I mean, Gary, how many tapes, how many games do we have on Bryce Young? Like 20? Oh yeah. We have an absolutely ridiculous amount. We, uh, I think I was saying this to you on the, on the BSN show last week. I think at this point, January 31st, we actually have more all 22 games from this season in the film room than we did at the end of last year when we were putting the games in. So we have tons of all 20, all the main players you're going to see, anywhere from two to four games of all 22 in addition to all of the, you know, the, the, the broadcast view, which is, is valuable as well. But the, the all 22, especially when you want to get vision for these running backs, like I really, it's almost impossible to get a good feel for that on the broadcast view. It, you got to get the all 22. It'll only elevate your game. You get access to a discord channel as well. And like I said, we're doing new, every time we do a new league, we're only doing nerd herd leagues uh, going forward to audience. We're doing some of those giveaways now and uh, more giveaways. So we're back next week talking NFC nerd herd. Here we come. Adios.